Thank you all for joining. It's a uh, custom to share a story on Matzah Shabbos. It brings a bracha for all good things. And uh, we started connecting the stories with Kuntra Shabbos Yisrael. The Rebbe published a pamphlet about the mitzvah of Abbas Yisrael. And there's one idea in this Kuntras from the Tzemach Tzedek, which is very relevant to the time that we're in right now. The uh, Tzemach Tzedek said that the mitzvah of Abbas Yisrael is to love your fellow like yourself. The emphasis of like yourself is that just like when I make a mistake, I justify it and I find all kinds of excuses of why I did it. I don't judge myself by my actions. I judge myself by my ideals. I say I'm a good person and I probably had a good reason for making that mistake. That's human nature. As uh, King Solomon says, all faults are covered by self-love. So the midst of loving your fellow like yourself means to love someone so much so that you don't notice their faults. And Tzemach Tzedek says that there's a great reward for this. The reward for this is, is that just like you love another person and you ignore their faults, so Hashem does the same for you and Hashem ignores any of our own faults by us ignoring another person's faults and treating them like ourselves, that we are able to go on no matter how many faults that we make, we still say, ah, you know, there is, we, we justify it. So the mitzvah is to love another person the same way and not to uh, not to expose their faults. Tzemach Sadek says that the most painful thing is to be around someone who knows your faults. And you, you just, it's a very embarrassing thing. You're someone who knows your deficiencies, you don't want to be around them. So the mitzvah of Avis Yisrael is to love someone to, to the point that you don't even notice their faults. So the mitzvah works in two different ways. One way is that you feel such love for someone and you feel so excited and therefore you give and you help. Another way is that by giving and by going beyond yourself, your neshama starts to shine and you're able to come more in touch with who you are. So I want to share with you two stories which express both sides of the coin. One is a story about the previous Rebbe when he was a child, and the other is a story with Tzemach Tzedek. The previous Rebbe was a child. He was an expert in memorizing all of the Mishnayas. He memorized all the Mishnayas at a very, very young age, and the Rebbe Rashab, his father, would reward him with money, with gifts. Uh, whenever he memorized Mishnayas, he would earn something. And there was another chassid, whose name was, was Rabbi Abba Persan, who was also brilliant and also knew Mishnayis. He was, of course, far older than the previous Rebbe. He had been to the previous Rebbe's great-grandfather, the Tzemach Tzedek, who had told him that the word Mishnah has the same letters as the word Neshama. So in order for your Neshama to shine in your body, it's worthwhile for you to memorize Mishnayis. So the previous Rebbe is at school. And this man visits the school, the, the attendant of the Rebbe Rashab, his name was Remendel de Mesharis. Remendel de Mesharis visits the school, the previous Rebbe, and he tells him, your father wants you. Okay. So he goes to, he leaves the school. The school was uh, in the home of a certain Rabbi Shai Kastir. 
and he leaves the uh, school and he comes to his father's office and his father is sitting in opposite his father, sitting in Abba Persan. So the Rebbe Rashab asks the Friedrich Rebbe, how long will it take you to recite from memory verbatim the entire Seder's Rayim, which is several tractates of Mishnayis, more than several, many tractates of Mishnayis. So the previous Rebbe said a, a little more than an hour. And the Rebbe Rashab asked Rebbe Abba, how long will it take you? And Rebbe Abba says, it would take me an hour and 25 minutes about. You could probably make it a little shorter, five or 10 minutes, if I do a little faster here and there, but that's the that's all, all long it takes. So the Rebbe Rashab took out a watch and they went. And the Friedrich Rebbe said that it took him 58 minutes to complete the entire Seder Zerayim. And the Rebbe Rashab had deep satisfaction. The previous Rebbe said that it was unusual for him to see how satisfied, how, what kind of nachas, kind of pleasure his father had from his recital of the Mishnahis. And then the Rebbe Rashab was uh, worried that the Rebbe Rebbe's speech would be impacted by the speed that he was reciting Mishnahis. That wasn't, um, it, and two things happened. One is he taught, he got a teacher to, to, uh, teach, him, to teach him twice a week um, the tunes of various uh, uh, parts of the Torah. And uh, he also told him the following. Now, in the Shema, we say, uh, you'll be destroyed quickly from the good land. So the Reb Marash says, the word land means desire. The word good land means the good desire of the soul. And the Reb Marash says, it's told, they told the Reb Rashab, told the previous Rebbe, the neshama wants to enjoy the words of Torah. Lose the speed. Say the words of Torah. Enjoy them. Say it slow. That's what the previous Rebbe said that his father told him. And his father was so satisfied, so happy, that he gave his son a gift. And the gift was he gave him a um, handwriting of the Tzemach Tzedek, a uh, section of the Tzemach Tzedek's own uh, responsa, as a gift to his son for Kizlun Tzomei Mishnayis. The previous Rebbe said that year on Purim, there was something, there was a tragedy. He says it was a tragedy. And for him, he says it was a very great tragedy. From his way he looked at things at that time in his life, he, he thought it was a very great tragedy. What happened? The previous Rebbe said that uh, he had earned a lot of money through his memorization of the Mishnayis. And he had a certain amount of uh, funds that he could use now for what he would want to use them for. and he was debating whether he should buy more books, more books of Torah, or to buy a gold chain with a watch. And he was thinking that on the one hand, the books he could borrow from others and not, does not have his own books, but he doesn't have a watch. And he was thinking that he, he, was, he was leaning towards getting, getting the watch. And he, he thought, you know, as a child, he's thinking, I'll be a big boy, I'll have a watch. Not only that, the watch will help that I'll be able to serve God in a really good way. I'll be able, the watch will wake me up at eight. I'll know it's time to dive in at eight. And then at 10 o'clock, I'll know that it's time to learn Torah. And not only will every hour be accounted for in the service of God, but the watch will help that every, if there's a watch, if I'll get a watch that has the minutes on it as well. I'll be able to have every minute, which has a meaning and purpose for the sake of Hashem. That's what he was thinking. Friedrich Rebbe said that 
the system, the Rebbe Hashab didn't always have the money to give him for his reward. There was the financial situation of the Rebbe Hashab was somewhat uh, shaky at that time. In general, money wasn't that, the financial situation, the Jewish people in general, wasn't that good then in, in, in general. And the Friedrich Rebbe said that uh, he, um, when he first earned his, uh, a, um, his first, um, oops, sorry about that. Keep seeing. Whoa. Sorry about that. Okay. So Peter Shabbos said that when he um, earned enough for to have a, his first ruble, he um, his father told him that it's good to use the money for gemilas chasadim, which means to lend. So the Friedrich took the ruble and he lent it to Rabsadia Malbisharumim. Rabsadia was the one who was entrusted with a fund to help people get clothing. So he lent Rabsadia this, this ruble, and then he got a second ruble, he lent it to Rabsadia as well, he got a third ruble. And he didn't want to lend all the money to one person. So his father told him that he should go and give, give it to uh, another person, Abherz Maitin, whose responsibility was to give food to the hungry. And he lent Rabsadia. I'm sorry, he lent Herod's another three ruble, and eventually he earned 15 ruble. And the 15, with the 15 ruble, he was able to get, the Hebrew word sounds like one imperial. I'm not sure what kind of currency they had in, in Russia. I don't know what an imperial is, but 15 ruble equal to one gold coin called some imperial or something. And the Friedrich Rebbe had this gold coin that, that uh, he was very um, attached to. Of course, we're talking about the previous Rebbe, and the Rebbe once commented that about the previous Rebbe's diary that he, he wrote things in a way that we should be able to relate to it on a personal level. So the, so, so the human uh, color of, of a child is to be taken to it with a grain of salt, thinking that we're talking about a, a, a tzaddik and Rebbe, and uh, who gave us a story in a way that we could relate to. Anyways, the previous Rebbe has this imperial, he has this gold coin, and his father, is speaking to a Jew named Reb Koppel. Reb Koppel needed 28 kopecks, 28 ruble. And the Reb Rashab couldn't lend it to him. And Reb Koppel, eyeing the previous Reb, who was then playing with his gold coin, he says to the Reb Rashab, it's true that it's only 15 ruble, meaning the gold coin the previous Reb is holding, but that would also help greatly. The Friedrich Rebbe uh, quickly hid the gold coin and proceeded to wash his hands for lunch. And he saw his father had a light smile. His eyes were shining. And he looked at the previous Rebbe and he told him that the mitzvah of lending money, the mitzvah of doing gemilos chasad, the mitzvah of doing kindness is greater than the mitzvah of charity. Because the mitzvah of charity is only to poor people. But the mitzvah of lending money and doing kindness that is a mitzvah that applies to both rich and poor. And the previous Rebbe understood what, what his father was saying and why he was saying it. So he, he, really, he really had an inner war. And Rebbe Rashab said that when you lend someone money, the money you lose the money for a week and it's hard. And, and if it's hard, there's a greater, it's, it's even better. It's even better than you said, but after we could get the money back. And in the in, in between, you've earned a great mitzvah. 
So having such clear words from his father, and his father was very precious to him, as the previous Rebbe writes in this account, this story, and he says, so therefore he went to out to the marketplace, and he meets with Rebbe Koppel, and he sees Rebbe Koppel in the store. And he, the previous Rebbe said that I prayed in my heart, and hoping that someone, he doesn't need the money anymore. I was hoping he doesn't need the money. And I prayed in my heart that he would not need the money. But then as I'm sitting there looking at him and praying, I hear him sigh, Ay, tonight the someone's going to travel and they're going to need funds to buy uh, wares on commission, uh, for, for, to buy, to buy uh, wares for the store. I don't have any money to give them. So you saw his prayers weren't answered. And everyone was pointing to the money that he owns, all of, all of his own uh, financial uh, possessions. So he tells, he waited till no one was around, and he goes over to the couple, and he gives a couple the gold coin, and the couple says, don't worry, in a week, I'll be able to pay you back. A week passes, two weeks pass, two weeks pass, three weeks pass, and the previous Rebbe noticed a couple around different places and hoping a couple would say something to him, but he didn't. Then the holiday of Purim arrives. The previous Rebbe said, and the holiday of Purim, everybody goes out of themselves a little bit. And he also went out of himself. And he was able to venture over to the couple and ask him, what about the loan? And the couple said, that's already an old story. Loans like this, I don't think, even if I do very well in selling this regim in the summertime, I'll be able to pay that kind of loan. And the previous Rebbe, he said that, uh, um, I forgot to mention, when he gave him the, when he gave him the gold coin, he, he said he let, had to leave the story immediately because he, was, he, was, he thought he was going to cry if he were to stay there for another second. And here, when the, when the couple told this to him, the previous Rebbe said that he just, he, he, he didn't understand what he was saying. He's saying that kind of loan, like why is the loan that the previous lent, previous Rebbe lent him different than other kinds of loans? So the previous Rebbe couldn't hold himself in, he said, he went, and the holiday of Purim, he said, was transformed to a day of mourning for him. He was, he was so upset and distraught by this, by this story. So that's the story of the previous Rebbe, how the idea of giving when it's hard and, uh, and it doesn't have the happy ending. It's just distraught and painful and sacrifice. I'll tell you another story about a loan. This is about the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek, after the Alt Rebbe's passing, he was, the Alt Rebbe appeared to him quite often. There is a booklet of, in the handwriting of the Tzemach Tzedek where he, um, he writes about his, father, his grandfather appearing to him when he appeared to him, what he said to him, and he writes that it happened almost on a daily basis. And he writes exactly what his father, grandfather told him, the Alter Rebbe told him after his passing. One of the things that the Alter Rebbe asked Zimachsedek to do was to travel and visit to all the places that the Alter Rebbe um, would be during his early childhood. He asked Zimachsedek to travel to the Bramissal and other towns with the Alter Rebbe uh, grew up in, and it was, Tzemach Tzedek writes how special this was, and how when he went to these various places, how, how, how the Alter Rebbe would reveal himself to him with such, such, and so deeply, and so the words in the Hasidic lexicon, 
a deep revelation of his essence and how he experienced these incredible revelations of his father, his grandfather, just like he did when his grandfather was in this world alive. And he assumed when he came to the city of Lubavitch, which the Alter Rebbe already prepared the city of Lubavitch for 57 years before the Mitla Rebbe moved there, that this would be a fertile ground for Hasidus. He thought when he comes to the sound of Lubavitch, certainly there will be a great revelation of the Alter Rebbe. And he was, he was disappointed that there wasn't. And not only wasn't there any special revelation, there was no revelation at all. And he had actually prepared questions to ask the Alter Rebbe when the Alter Rebbe would appear to him inevitably, as he always did. The Alter Rebbe didn't appear to him, and he was very surprised and hurt and very sad because this was a, a real change from what he was used to every day speaking to his grandfather who had passed away long before. So it was the 20th of El on a Wednesday, the year after the Alter Rebbe passed away, and the Tzemach Tzedek comes into the show, and he is about to begin the happening, and he recalls that on the way to Shul, this Jura Pinchas asked him to borrow five rubles. And at Semach Tzedek, uh, he said that he was planning to give him the five rubles after he finished praying. And he told him, I'll, I'll give it to you after I finish. But then he remembered that that day was market day. And at Pinchas surely needed the money before earlier in the morning when the stores were open so that he could buy and be able to sell he would sell, buy and sell calves as a, at a profit. So the uh, Samach Tzedek takes off his talus, he leaves the base medrash, and he goes to find this Apinchas. He finds Apinchas, gives, gives him the five ruble, he goes back to the synagogue, and he goes to wash his hands. And there in the place that he goes to wash his hands, he meets the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe revealed himself to him in merit of what he had done for this uh, Pinchas. And it was a very special occasion. He, he gave the uh, all of the different, again, he wrote down all the different events that had happened, and he shared this with his son, Rebbe Marash, who shared this with his son, Rebbe Rashab. The Tzemach commented on this revelation, this particular one that happened after he lent this uh, Pinchas the money. He said, for helping the Jew earn 70 kopecks, 70 pennies, all the gates of heaven are opened. Just think about that. Just helping a Jew earn 70 kopecks. This is what he told his son, the Rebbe Marash. The Rebbe Marash told this to his son, the Rebbe Rashab. And he said to him, you got to know the way to the gates of heaven. It's, it's, if you know the way to the gates of heaven, then all the gates of heaven are open for you. But you have to know the way to the gates of heaven. But he said, that's, that's, not, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, to have a geschmack, to have to have a, a, a real joy in doing a Jew a favor and with a full heart. And uh, and that's what what is the uh that's the goal. Anyways, the bottom line is my friends, it's the time when we're supposed to focus on the coming of Mashiach. Mashiach will come, we're going to experience such a wonderful Avas Israel. And now to counter the, uh, not, it's not just to counter the, the cause of destruction of the base of English, which came because of senseless hatred. By the way, you know why it's called senseless hatred? Why it's called senseless? Someone hurts you and hurt your feelings. Why, you call, why do we call it senseless hatred? Usually it's because the person who wronged you 
is just trying to protect themselves. They don't know that they've hurt you. They just did what they did to because they, they thought they're just protecting themselves. They don't, most of the time, people don't hurt for the sake of hurting. They're just doing the things to protect themselves. But you took it deeply and you got hurt. So the antidote for senseless hatred, the Torah says, is senseless love. To go beyond what we're used to, beyond what we're comfortable with. I share with us one more thought and let you guys go. Adam and Eve, after Cain kills Hevel, Cain kills Hevel, and Adam and Eve don't know what to do with the body of Hevel. And God showed them a raven that had died. Another raven came to bury the first raven. So they knew then they need to bury their child. So the obvious question is, God had told uh, Adam, you are earth, you will return to earth. So he should have known that that's what happens. You're earth, you return to earth. That's what, that's what happens. Why did Adam not know this? So that explains that Adam and Eve knew what was supposed to happen to a dead body. But they didn't know when they couldn't, and they couldn't possibly know when they couldn't feel, why should we continue living? Seeing such a tragedy happen to their own children, that only two little, there are two sons in the world, and they're the only people in the world, and they went, one went to kill the other, that made them feel like, why should we continue? Why should we go on seeing this horrific tragedy? Why should, wasn't, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know why to do anything. So what did God respond to them? God showed them a raven. A raven, the Talmud says, is a very cruel animal. A raven is a, is a, is a bird that lets its young fend for themselves doesn't help its own children. So the Torah says that this, this cruel bird went to bury another raven. Burying someone, the Torah says, is called chesed shal emes, kindness of truth. Why is it called kindness of truth? Because the person you've helped has no way to repay you. The person who has passed away cannot repay you for your kindness. So the raven, who is so cruel, did something far beyond himself and extended himself to do an act of altruistic kindness. So God was telling Adam and Eve, you've seen such a terrible tragedy, and, you, and it's true. And you're asking how, why should you continue and how should you continue? The answer is, the only way to continue, God was telling Adam and Eve, the only way to continue is seeing senseless hatred is by engaging in senseless love, in a love which is beyond logic and reason. That's the era that we're in now. We've finished all the 42 journeys of the Jewish people in exile. We're now by the Jericho. And now we're able to experience the real Abbas Yisrael. How we will, how will be in a moment after Mashiach comes. So I wish everybody a wonderful week. Any uh, questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes and cucumbers on this story? Good right. vach. A good vach. Thank you.